What's up guys and welcome to a new episode of the Irreverent Podcast. I'm Feño, we're here to talk about UFC mainly this time around. Um, we have uh, an event. Was it was this like first event of the year? I'm not sure. I don't even remember, right? Was this? It was not very good. Uh, and I was not very hyped about this last week. Uh, maybe one of... One of my least animated episodes because, uh, yeah, fights were not very promising. And some of them were. Uh, we have Roman Dolice against Imavov, uh, Nasruddin Imavov. Um, uh, this was the main event that was I was not very excited about. And the fight was not great. Imavov showed some good looks, especially on round one, hurting Dolice. Uh, Playing off the feint with the with the lead shoulder with the jab, putting the one two together, surprising with the with the straight right, uh, naked, and and some cool like uh, knees to the body in the clinch that he did not go to a lot during the fight. I'm guessing because he was scared of the takedown. The lead said not many options here. He clinched a lot. Um, Imavo very stuck in the clinch, not taking risks to get out. Dolitze not really like dropping to the legs or anything. So yeah, it made, it made for a very dull fight for for most of it. Uh, Imavo here with a little bit of a change of style. Uh, he left MMA Factory, his old camp, uh, home, former home to Francis Ngannou and current home to Cyril Ghan. And Imavov here looked a bit more grounded, but he looked kind of awkward. Like, he still has this, like, bouncy karate bladed boxing, but without being as bladed and without much of the bounce, but most of the same tactics. But it he did a good job, to his credit, to score solid shots from this new grounded position, especially with his feet and uh, a snap kick to the body. Adolitze uh, did not have much answer for. He got hurt with it a few times. I'm not sure if Imavo realized, but yeah, it was, it was whatever. Adolitze finally tried to uh, start trying to create scrambles, uh, pulling guard on the fourth round, uh, and there was a very big foul on. I mean, uh, not much of a foul. I mean. I'm not sure if it was foul, but yeah, Imavov just kicked Dolice in the head when his hand was on the floor when he had a back body lock. So there's what there was that too. It was whatever, really. Uh, it was okay. Imavov look okay here. Dolice getting exposed here and in the in the Vettori fight as very limited as a fighter. Like we know, he's very scary from bottom position on the ground, but here Imavov. Uh, stay fundamentally solid, just bail out, use his athleticism, uh, some good timing during his escapes in the few times that it got a bit sketchy, and also Dolitze got a nice a nice sweep. I uh, haven't rewatched the fight, so I don't really remember from what position he got it. But from top position, Dolitze not that dangerous, especially if you are like, 
Like controlling posture and staying safe, Dolitz is not like a monster from top position. Uh, I'm sure he has like solid ground pound if you allow him to posture, but he's not like this like super heavy passer that will get to mount and submit you. He's a lot more dangerous generating movement from bottom position. So yeah, that was the main event. Co-main had Renato Moicano against Drew Dover. Um, Moicano just put it on the on the wrestling singlet here. And, and Dover really with some very sketchy wrestling moments here like you could tell at, at a few spots when Dover was doing the right thing that he was like considerably stronger than Moicano though Moicano looks like a legit lightweight in this I mean has always looked like one he's like got pretty much pretty thicker con considered to his 145 counterpart he looks strong he's not like He's not like super athletic, but he looks like decently strong, decently big. Uh, I think 155 is the ideal weight class for Moicano. But Dover uh, has pr has trouble with his priorities. Priori I cannot talk. Uh, this is this is not as uh, a language that I should be speaking in. <laughs> yeah, the priorities were not very good for Dover uh, when it came to fighting grips. And the footwork was letting him down. Moicano was moving him around. Uh, Dover was not attacking the body locks as you would expect. And yeah, Moicano was getting to top position. Uh, Dover, to his credit, uh, pretty good at using butterfly uh, hooks to generate movement from bottom position and getting up like that. Uh, surprisingly, he got an underhook for uh, uh, numerous times from bottom half guard. He was not looking to do the the underhook get up from half guard. I'm not sure if he was like during camp they were a bit scared about getting into like dogfight position with Moicano where where you guys are like interlaced shoulders <laughs> during the get up. I'm not sure, but but yeah, I mean it was weird. I thought Dover would want two rounds to be honest. Uh, he landed the more damaging shot for sure. I I guess Moicano got to mount but didn't do much damage. Uh, Moicano got into a rant about I want to be a cop I want to kill people I don't know man it was it was complete bullshit it was especially because he fought like super boring like <laughs> like he was trying to avoid exchanging it with Dover so much and then he got on the mic on fire like an insane man I think it was whatever I guess some people enjoyed that Randy Brown fought mostly in Salikov and uh, Salikov was looking pretty good here, kicking the legs of Randy Brown with some cool tactics, especially using his... Now uh, we all know about <laughs> the, the, the jab feint, the lead shoulder feint that Salikov does, like this universal feint that he puts his game together. But he was uh, landing some solid ones on the counter too. Salikov was doing a good job of sleeping uh, to the outside of the of the jab of Randy Brown and then following that with a pivot in that in that direction. But then Randy Brown, uh, pretty cool finishing sequence as Randy Brown uh, jabs, Salikov sleeps, uh, starts pivoting, but then Randy Brown like faints. It's not a full like jab, the second one, I'm pretty sure. He just like faints and Salikov stops in his tracks, um, stops his pivot, tries to sleep again, and I'm guessing he's looking to, to finish his pivot after that second sleep. But Randy Brown was getting like into a T angle with that uh, second like jab feint, 
and nails him like across the jaw with a beautiful straight right hand that puts him out. Uh, bad stoppage by the referee that allowed Muslim to take more shots on the ground too. But but yeah, I mean, solid, a good finish for Randy Brown for sure. Uh, Salihov was looking good, but he's kind of old, you know, and he has a lot of miles in his body. Uh, they have kind of the same amount of fights, but you gotta consider that Salikov had a full career in Sanda before transitioning to MMA. Randy Brown is a lot younger too. But yeah, I mean, Randy Brown is, has been a solid welterweight for a good while, and this this will work as a signature finish for him. It will be interesting to see uh, where he moves from here. Uh, to be honest, I would like to see him face like Kevin Holland, just because both are so long, just to see what happens in that one. Natalia Silva for Viviane Araujo. Araujo fully wrestling mode in this one and not getting a lot done, just a lot of stalling against the cage. Uh, Silva's boxing here did not look very good because Araujo was very committed to pressuring, but Silva's speed, athleticism was all present. Not a very good performance for Natalia Silva. I feel I was a lot higher on her and her potential before this fight because I don't think Araujo fought a especially good fight here. Uh, did not put the transitions together that I thought uh, were going to be her advantages here, not the pure wrestling. Uh, obviously, Araujo like a well-rounded fighter, but a well-rounded fighter that doesn't use that well-rounded to be more than than the sum of her parts. Uh, Silva is still a top talent for sure, but I'm not sure he she will feel she will fare well against the the lead of the division. To be honest, I don't. I don't think she does well against like Manon Firo, against Erin um, Blanchfield. Oh, so I don't know, maybe maybe Silva could fight like Shukagian, uh, Jennifer Maya. Those are like tough fights that she needs uh, in this developing stage. Um, but yeah, I mean, pressuring uh, wrestlers, the clinch are going to be concerning for Silva, who seems to have like all the athletic tools, good cardio, uh, but the boxing here look a bit concerning, especially on the back foot. Uh, I've seen her put like her hands well uh, together well before, but all on the function of the kicks and at a very long range just at the end of her punches, and then she can play up with her left hook and that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean... It's not that, oh, I'm disappointed in Silva, I'm not riding, riding the train anymore, but I'm less excited about her potential right now, to be honest. Uh, maybe too much too soon for her. I mean, obviously, she won. I agree that she won every round, to be quite honest. But, but yeah, I mean, she's climbing too high in the division, and I don't think she will have answers to, like, the actual good fighters. Kistriev... Uh, Fought or kind of fought like Mahmoud Muradov here, um, and yeah, Kishrev was out for two years after promising that he was going to drop to welterweight. Showed up uh, to fight at 185 again. Uh, pretty shabby, by the way. I mean, that's how he looks at 185. And then poked Mahmoud Muradov in the eye <laughs> and left, and we won't see him for another two years. I'm guessing. It was whatever. <laughs> Not much to say here. Uh, it sucks that it ended like that because it looked to be like a decent fight. 
Charles Radke fought Gilbert Rubina. Gilbert Rubina completely terrified of throwing punches, just trying to kick. But Charles Radke did the right thing of just pressuring him and just not allowing him to have like free range to unload kicks. Uh, Radke uh, hurt him twice with the left hook. The second time, like he put him out, it was it was whatever. I mean, Radke. Not only I dislike Radke because of the dumb shit that he says, but he seems like a very uninteresting fighter. The left hook looked good here too, though um, I gotta admit, a solid left hook that he throws from a good stance with power. Uh, when it comes to like setups for it, I I'm not sure he he was not doing a great job of landing volume on, on Gilbert before the knockout. But yeah, I mean Radke is like decently well rounded, athletic. Um, maybe he has like potential in this division. Walter Waite is a wasteland. Anyway, it's turning like into 185 a bit better. Molly McCann made her debut. Uh, UFC debut at 115, I think. Or did she? Did she have a fight like back then? I'm sure, but she showed up in great shape to fight Diana Belbitza, and it was a good scrap. Uh, just one round. But yeah, I mean, Babitza was going to the body, she was starting to get to Molly, Molly was doing good stuff with her hands, looking very physical wrestling here, and she got to mount. Uh, Babitza was doing a good job of, like, stalling here, but framing a lot on the elbows of, uh, on the shoulders of Molly, who took the advantage to draw for an armbar from mount and got the submission at the very last second of the round, injuring the arm or... Of Belpita. So yeah, I mean good debut for Molly. She um with this like physicality that she has, and if the cardio is still there, she's a good addition for 115. She could get into the like the top 15. I don't think she has the the depth and the physicality to to actually be like a champion, but I think she will be a very solid fighter in this division. Before that, we had this the best fight of the night, Charles Johnson. Energy for Asat Maxum, and it was a, uh, an exciting fight, man. Uh, Maxum just giving the business to Johnson early in the in the first round, hurting him or nailing him with a after hurting him with a with a piston right hand or, or was it a jab? Like the the straight punches of Maxum, a lot of pe pepper on those, and then caught uh, Charles Johnson doing his like very deep slips and caught him with a with a knee that was partially blocked but clearly hurt. Johnson, but Ted Johnson, last minute of the first round, starts like getting back into the fight with the leg kicks and making maximum miss. Uh, I was like, oh man, is he going to get, come back? The second round was very close. I was leading Charles Johnson or watching it live, uh, especially with the leg kicks, making him miss some nice counters to the body. I wish he went more to the body, to be honest. And the third round, then Charles Johnson just winning the scrambles, just being a dog in the, in the fight. Uh, and Charles Johnson get the unanimous decision winning rounds two and three. Very cool to see because Johnson has been um, not only one of my favorites, but has been on the wrong side of decisions uh, many times. Uh, I've been joking a lot about how when Charles Johnson beat uh, Shagas Chumagulov, he stole his title of being like the best fighter in the UFC that never wins. Uh, but he, he got a very impressive win here. So. Cool stuff because I didn't want Charles Johnson to get caught, to be honest. Temba Gorimbo landed a huge overhand right on Pete Rodriguez. That was whatever. I mean, Gorimbo looked good. Uh, he looks to have solid attributes, but not much to take from this fight. Pete Rodriguez 
really not like UFC level. Um, he has like some cool boxing, but he doesn't have experience against high level opposition. Uh, should be really fighting a lightweight, but cannot get the the diet together. It seems. So yeah, uh, Young Young Lee, winner of the Road to UFC last year at featherweight for Blake Builder, and this was a schooling by Young Young Lee, a Builder here full on like wrestling cosplay and not getting like anything done really the round one he got hurt like super bad young young lee uh, a lot of like naked left hooks to the body that were like super cool but um, yeah lee's solid he, lee's solid he's has a big frame he's very lean but he looks strong for the weight class and he's slick i wish he had more volume and wasn't so picky with his shots but he's a solid fighter and looks to be well-rounded, so good stuff. This was, oh, other than Charles Johnson, this one, one, this one was one of the of the best performances to watch here. Luana Carolina for Julia Stoliarenko. Stoliarenko did not have any like good takedowns, to be honest. Like she had some moments, she had some uh, because Luana was following her, following her to the ground of uh, like fail attempts and guard pulls. But she could not get her like signature takedown. And Karina just started beating the shit out of her with very solid knees from the clinch. So that was one thing to look out for. Karolina's very funky, but I think like in her head, like she knows what she's doing. She's not like super great. But she's like big athletic and she's awkward. Like she's alright for 125, to be honest. Solia Renko needs to to get on the mats, like like become a wrestler. This is this is modern MMA. Uh, women's MMA is not what it used to be. Like girls now know how to underhook. They're not falling for the head and arm as often. So yeah, I mean, just get better. Uh, Markel Medeiros for Landon Quinones. Uh, I thought this decision was trash. The fight was okay. It was a bit messy. I thought Quinones was like landing more volume and landing better shots. So I don't see how do you score this for Medeiros. I guess Medeiros had the optics in the sense that he was pressuring forwards and throwing more, but Quinones was making him miss a lot, especially on his big shots. And when he was connecting, Quinones didn't really look that hurt. When Quinones was connecting, I thought he had the optics because uh, the head of Medeiros was like flying everywhere. But what do I know? The, the refs, uh, I mean, the judges gave the decision for Medeiros. I, I guess it was like 29, 28 all across the board. I thought it was a lousy decision, to be quite honest. In the opener, we had a heavyweight fight that I have zero faith in, in Jamal Pokes against Thomas Peter Peterson. But to be honest, both guys looks like okay. Uh, Peterson showed some like decent entries to his takedowns, uh, even though I thought he should have shot more. Uh, Peterson and Salpa, by the way, both here, very good use of like open stance tactics, some good like front kicks to the body, he was setting up the hands, uh, he was uh, using his footwork a lot to deny takedowns on first, um, on the first layer, just framing and taking an angle, uh, having to sprawling when he needs to, but yeah, I thought Pogues looks solid here. Looks solid. Uh, some people were saying like maybe this was like a close decision. I didn't think so at all. I thought Jama Pogues won every round to be honest. Uh, Peterson maybe won the second because he landed some good shots out upstairs but Pogues had the kicks to the body. I don't know. Uh, Peterson got to like mount on first round but 
he landed nothing and Pogues was landing hard before that some nice knees to the body. Pogues looked like the southpaw in here, like just using full advantage of the open stance classic tactics. So yeah, it was okay. It was a good performance. After that, we had Road to UFC. I think one of the fights fell through. Uh, I could not do a, a preview for this year's Road to UFC. Uh, the main event was Rong Zhu, who already had a stint in the UFC against Shin Haraguchi and Rong Zhu here looked very improved. Uh, he looked solid, especially the takedown defense. He was putting his hands together. I wish Rong Zhu had more, more volume here. Uh, but he was attacking in combination, uh, the accuracy with the hands is not great, but he throws with power, he throws with volume, and the shot selection was decent, I thought. Uh, Haraguchi was very, very tough, to be honest here. Uh, he ate big shots and didn't even blink for the most part, but then he just got tired going for the takedowns, and Haraguchi, to his credit, a very decent shot uh, uh, for the single leg, but could not get anything going against the larger Rong Zhu here, who who had like a nasty, like no hooks, rear naked choke, he lift him, um, like standing up, lift him to finish the show, he was nasty, so yeah, cool for Rong Zhu, uh, he looked good, I'm looking forward to see him like get back to the UFC's lightweight division, uh, in his last fight uh, he fought Ignacio Bahamondes, he looked super outmatched, but then when the few times that he started making it ugly, he made it kind of competitive. But, but yeah, he didn't have the volume. And I think that's not completely fixed. But I think uh, there are some improvements there. Ji Zha, who fought on last year's uh, Road to UFC against Jong Jung Lee, uh, who I just talked about. He fought Kai Wen Lee, that Chinese guy that looks like, like, like a Jakusa final boss. I know Jakusas are Japanese, by the way. Uh, both these guys, Ji Zha and Kai Wen Li, Chinese, uh, here. Um, the, apparently, these guys like very close, like actual friends. So there was a bit of of like, there were they were a bit uh, tentative at first, but they started warming him up. Kai Wen Li was looking solid, uh, putting his strikes together. He was starting getting more aggressive. Took a takedown on the clinch, but Ji Zha with the armbar from his back to win the tournament. So to be honest, I hope they sign both. Uh, both look solid, uh, like they're athletic guys uh, with solid skill sets, so I'm okay. And um, the darling of the tournament, uh, Rei Suruya for Yunoshiyue uh, in the flyweight final. Uh, Suruya, good wrestler and good grappler, but I think the, the striking not quite up there. To be honest, uh, very low volume, especially they, uh, something that I don't like. Something that, for example, uh, Tyra has been fixed, fixing a lot. Suruya may be a better wrestler than Tyra, according like he has like better credentials for sure. But the striking doesn't seem to be quite there, to be honest. But he's like 21 years old, so a lot of room to improvement. And he's like he seems athletic. This is this new, this new. Uh, breathe of Japanese flyweights that are very big for the division. Uh, long, long past are the days of small Japanese fighters in every division. Uh, yeah, Suruya is exciting. Uh, some people were saying like he could be a star. I'm not sure how you, do you come to, to that conclusion, but but he's he looks to be a lot of fun on the ground. So if you enjoyed that, I support you liking Suruya. 
We have a few fight announcements. Uh, one of the cool ones is Machnell. He will fight Steve Erzak. Uh, this seems to be a, like a super fun fight, but I think Erzak is just going to shim bully the shit of, out of Machnell. But they're like skill wise, they they look to be like closely matched. But Erzak, like a bigger hitter, bigger in size, and the shin is absurd. So and he's. One of those guys that can probably just grapple with Schnell and Schnell that's like the, the ace in his back pocket to win fights but, but should be a scrap uh, as long as, he's, as it lasts. Paul Craig will fight Cayo Bojalio. I expect Bojalio to do most of the same stuff that uh, Brendan Allen did. I, I think Bojalio can just stay on top of Paul Craig and will have a big striking advantage on the feet. So yeah, I mean, not not liking this one for Paul Craig. If he gets like a mean submission, he will derail the shit out of Caio. But I, I think I kind of like Caio. He looks to be smart and well-rounded. So he's promising. And then I'm not expecting like big things out of Paul Craig. So I'm guessing I want Caio Bojalio to win this one. And we have the comeback of the duelist. And I did not fire because I respect my opponent. Yeah, uh, Duraev was supposed to fight Robert Brishek. And uh, Pochera is dropping to 185 to bring the duels. He's bringing the, 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 the duel to 185 here. Uh, so, yeah. Duelist Nation, stand up. It's time for the duel. Just, uh, no, that's the analysis, to be honest. And this one is a fucking banger and a half. Uh, Alessandro Costa is fighting Kevin Borjas at flyweight. Violence. Hands will fly. Leg kicks will land. Left hooks to the body will land. This one is going to fucking rule. Very excited about this one. Like On Racket Fighters, this one is one of maybe the low-key one of the best fights that have been announced. Like That is not like super relevant to the division. But yeah, I'm excited about this one. And this weekend we have another UFC event. And guess what? It's another middleweight main event. This time we have Dana White's darling Joe Pfeiffer. Be Joe Pfeiffer, you know, because he's from Contender Series and he sucked to the UFC, like, completely. Uh, yeah, Dana White loves him. To be honest, Joe, Joe Pfeiffer, other than that, doesn't seem like a bad dude. And he he's, like, very athletic. He's hardy. He's well-rounded. So, yeah, I mean, I guess why some people are, are excited about him. Uh, I'm just annoyed by him because he'll, Dana White likes him and I want Dana to fail. Uh, I'll be honest with you guys. Uh, he's fighting the Joker, uh, Jack Hermanson. And, yeah, this one seems kind of rough for for Hermanson. Just because Pfeiffer is such a good grappler, apparently. And he's like strong, physical, and Hermanson likes to be like the physical guy. He he kind of falls apart against like big, strong athletes. We've seen that against like Cannoneer, against Vettori, and when Strickland like neutralized him. Uh, but Hermanson has shown some, some depth to his game when uh, he could not get takedowns, but he did frustrate Chris Curtis, my guy, just circling to his left. So, so I mean, maybe Hermanson has some avenues here. And yeah, Pfeiffer has the, the grappling credentials, but Hermanson from top position is is powerful, he's dangerous, and has submission ability of his own. And also, Hermanson has good cardio. We've seen him 
I guess Strickland, he was getting outclassed, but he was st still trying to put the volume out there into the fifth round. I guess Vettori, he did not give up, so maybe things can get ugly for Pfeiffer. I would not bet on it, but there's something to watch out. I think it is a good development fight for Pfeiffer, a good test. And if he loses this one, it's not the end of the world because Hermanson is solid. But I'm not very interested in this as a main event, to be quite honest. But it's whatever. Uh, what else we have in this? Uh, the co-main event, just like last last week, uh, is the best fight. But this one is even better. Uh, that might get some people mad, but I think, yeah. Danige versus Andre Philly. Um, this was supposed to be Murphy against... Ige, I think. Yeah, Philly is just coming at like a month of notice. And this one should be a banger, especially because Philly is like very long. Ike has tools to close the gap, but he will be exposed to Philly's counters. Uh, Philly likes to wrestle a lot. Ike is very strong as a wrestler. Uh, we've seen him being taken down by like... But like Bryce Mitchell, but Bryce Mitchell, who out-wrestled Philly in the fight, uh, didn't get much going from top position. I thought that was a fight that you could perfectly score for Danike. So yeah, that this one is fire. This one is like, I'm not expecting either of these guys to like challenge for the title anymore. I think they're past that point, but these are like high-level gatekeepers, and this one is going to be very exciting. I'm hyped for Ige versus Philly. It, just w it is just good MMA. Uh, so yeah, the duelist is fighting Robert Brishek. I won't talk more any more about that. Just have your revolver ready because it's going to be a duel in here. Brad Tavares is fighting Gregory Rodriguez. Uh, yeah, Robocop just like uh, against like an older Tavares has like every advantage. Uh, interesting to see because Robocop probably is not going to be able to get takedowns on Tavares, who to this day is super sturdy to take down. But Rodriguez should be like the more dynamic uh, striker. Tavares' chin is like insane still. So maybe Tavares could get make this ugly and rock Rodriguez who has like a questionable chin. But Rodriguez should be better here. Um, and Tavares is like not a finisher. Like we know Tavares can hit very hard but he... Does it have the accuracy or the style to find consistent, like, big shots often? But yeah, I mean, this is still a good fight for 185. A lot of 185. Michael Johnson is fighting Darius Flowers. Uh, Darius Flowers, the guy that lost um, very short notice to Jake Matthews. Uh, he looked, like, promising. He fought like a madman. But, but he said, like, he did not have money to train full-time. Now he's taking it seriously. He's dropping to 155. So maybe Flowers could be promising. Uh, he's only 29 years old, so for, for lightweight, that's alright. Uh, uh, rough fight uh, to for your debut at 155 because Michael Johnson still looks sleek. The thing with Flowers is that he seems to have a lot of power. And you know, Michael Johnson just has lapses at times. I think that the chin of Michael Johnson is alright. He just like checks out and gets blindsided by right hands that he doesn't see coming that's what happened against Emmett like many years ago now and just happened in his last fight against Carlos Diego Ferreira so so yeah I mean but it's it's one fight we're back to 185 after that because we have Rodolfo Vieira 
uh, former CEO of Jiu-Jitsu. That title belongs to Fluffy Hernandez now. He's fighting Armin Petrosian, not related to the royalty of kickboxing Petrosian, but a very good kickboxer in his own right. Um, this one is interesting because uh, Biera maybe just needs one takedown to win here. I don't think Petrosian is anywhere near his his level of of grappling, but Petrosian has been good about staying safe on the ground and he has been decent at denying takedowns. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Biera is Biera, so he's very dangerous. If this starts going long, I think Petrosian is going to beat the shit out of Rodolfo, to be honest. But it's it's interesting matchup. It's like the classic grappler versus striker. Um, yeah, both guys are decent. Trevin Giles is fighting Carlos Prates. Carlos Prates, who's coming from Contender Series, and I don't really remember his fight. But, but yeah, and Giles uh, has not been looking super hot at 170. I don't know what happened to Giles. I thought he was promising at one moment. I want, yeah. Uh, Prates, I would have to rewatch his fight. I probably did watch it, but I don't remember, to be honest. Bulaji Oki is fighting Damir Hatsovich. Uh, Oki looked fantastic in his Contender Series fight. I do remember here him. He fought a high-level striker, and he just blew him out of the water with his own striking. Uh, he seems to be a monster of an athlete. Uh, looks to be he looks very solid. And Hatsovich, uh, we haven't seen him since he lost a unanimous decision against Diakiesi, who wrestled him, I think. Hasovich is solid, but yeah, I mean, uh, I'm expecting Oki to win here. But yeah, this is a good like debut fight for him to like to see where he's at. My girl Loma Lukbumi is fighting Bruna Brazil, and this one is kind of good. Uh, Bruna Brazil, uh, kind of a karate style, so it would be interesting to see if Lukbumi looks to leg kick a lot in this one. Uh, she has very powerful leg kicks, but not a lot in the way of, of setups. And Bruna Brazil is not uh, opposed to wrestling. Uh, Lupumi has been a better wrestler that she gets credit for, so that will be interesting to see. Uh, another thing to consider is that Brazil is kind of big for the division, and Lupumi needs a 105 division to be champion. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, good fight at 115. I hope Lupumi wins, but Bruna Brazil is decent, so. Devin Clark is firing Marching Pragnio at 205 and this one is like whatever. It uh, Both guys are scrappy, uh, so maybe. But yeah, I expect this one to be a mess. Uh, if Clark is not going to get takedowns, I think Pragnio is going to outstrike him. But Clark is probably going to make it very messy uh, with big strikes, with hook kicks, like just diving for takedowns. Um, so yeah, this one is going to probably be one with cardio. Jeremiah Wells is fighting Max Griffin. Interesting. Uh, Griffin has looked solid, but he's like kind of old. I mean, he's old, like he's 38 years old um, and 29 fights into his career. So yeah, uh, I thought Griffin looked okay against Michael Morales. Um, and yeah, he has been looking solid against these old guys. Uh, Jeremiah Wells, by the way, uh, only like 16 fights into his career, but he's 37 years old, but yeah, I mean, I think Wells is going to be like too powerful, too good of a wrestler for 
for Griffin to like just like win this one on the outside with the feints with the big strikes. I don't think it's going to work out. Zach Pauga is fighting Bogdan Guskov. Um, Pauga in his last fight for Modestas Bukowskas, who won uh, with a pretty good performance coming back after getting. I mean, getting back to the UFC, he had fights after that, but after breaking his leg against uh, Kalin Rautry with that brutal, like, psychic to the knee. And Guskov made his debut against Ustemir, who I thought was, like, super shot, but Ustemir looked very solid beating the shit out of Guskov his last fight. This fight is kind of whatever. Uh, Pauga is not bad. He has, like, a solid jab, can do some shit. And um, Guskov, I'm not sure what he's good at, even though I watched tape for him for a full preview, but I don't remember, to be quite honest. Uh, he hasn't faced like the he hasn't faced like the highest level of opposition. We have a featherweight fight between Haider Amil and Fernie Garcia. So Fernie's moving up and he's he was not caught after his last fight uh, against uh, Rinja Nakamura. I, I guess the UFC is like, okay, you you did as a solid, you're getting another shot at a new weight class. And yeah, Fernie on a three-fight losing streak, I think he's a lot better than that would tell you. Uh, he's fighting this Hyder Amil guy who comes from Contender Series. And I do not remember, so I cannot talk about you guys about this fight. And the opener is Daniel Marcos against Aurishi Leng. And this one is solid, man. Uh, Marcos made everyone mad because he had like a boring fight with Davy Grant. And that's like a crime. But I thought Marcos looked solid there. Uh, even if the fight was kind of boring as shit. And I thought he could have won the fight. A lot of people were mad about that decision. But I thought it was like, okay, it could have gone either way. Aurishi Leng uh, got like... KO bad by Ayman Sahabi, but bounced back after that against Johnny Munoz Jr. And Johnny Munoz has not been looking right as of late. But yeah, I mean, this one should be exciting. I don't think Aurishi Lang will allow Marcos to put on a boring fight here. So yeah, I'm excited about this one. Uh, this event looks to be a lot better than last week, but to be honest, they're what they should have done. And a lot of people have said this already, but they should have tried to like just make one event out of these two. But yeah, it is whatever. It is what it is, guys. Um, and I guess that's the podcast. Like, yeah, I mean, well, the big fights are coming eventually. So do not, do not, uh, do not be that disappointed. Do not lose faith in this beautiful sport of MMA full of fucking bigots everywhere. I'm... I'm tired of the of the toxicity of the MMA fandom, but but I cannot leave this this dumb sport behind. I just like it too much. Maybe one day I'll transition to another sport, but for the time being, I still like MMA. Uh, watch out for a thread on technical notes for the prelims, and I'm probably doing uh, technical notes for the main card for the Patreon supporters. So yeah, remember, if you want to support the fight site as an ongoing project, you can support us on Patreon. Just for $3 a month, you get access to all of our backlog of exclusive content and access to our Discord server that is super cool, especially during bad fights. It gets super fun in there and it makes it a lot more bearable. And just for $1, you will get access to these new like technical notes that I'll be releasing weekly into the Patreon. And also remember that... 
The Early Brain Podcast is brought to you by X Marshall, the combat sport brand dedicated to supporting the jiu-jitsu community. Their goal is to create a fun training environment with unique and exciting designs and promote the gym culture we all love. X Marshall offers a range of products including rash guards, shorts, pads, geese, streetwear and training equipment. Use code THEFIGHTSIDE to get a 10% discount on your order now. That's the fight side, all caps, no spaces. And for the best deals and discounts, sign up to their mailing list and follow their socials at XMarshallOfficial. Thank you guys for listening. I'll catch you next week in the next episode. And yeah, that's it. Thank you for listening. Bye, guys.